Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So, we have been having a blast on the hall at the encounter. And uh, has anyone had a chance to be on one of our encounters? So God changed your life, you remember that? And you were like floating? And then you kept just going and going with God? Or did you float and then you started going back to where life was? Really? That's why the classes are important, because they help you get the tools you need so you can keep moving up. But Pastor Luke, I'll tell you something. Deliverance was unreal this weekend. We got to the deliverance session. It was like we made one command and it was done. It was like, <laughs> I felt like we were just reading stuff off after because everything was gone. Um, and the women were like dancing as they went in, I think. They were pretty fired up. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good weekend down the hall. And uh, if you're bored and you want to hang out after, you'll hear some really powerful testimonies of what God did in people's lives at the end of second. Or if you go home, you can stream us and catch the tail end of it and uh, see what we're doing. So we've been working through decluttering your life. And we started with some natural things that we need to declutter. And then last week we talked about decluttering worry. I think a lot of people worried because a lot of people told me that they really needed to uh, hear a message about worry. And today we're going to focus in on identity. Hey, welcome back, Sandy. Okay, so um, we've been working through decluttering your life, identity, today, and who am I, who are you? And I think a lot of people are really confused about who they are. Many people are confused about who they are. They don't understand their place in Christ. They don't understand who they're supposed to be and represent. Uh, people do, but there's lots that don't. In Genesis 1.27, Genesis 1.27, it gives us really the key to this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So we see in the scriptures, there's really two orders of being that God created, two binary sexes, male and female, and we fall in one of those categories. I know the culture tries to redefine some things, but biblically, when we look at this, there's male and female. And from this, we see that we humans are the highest order of created being because we're made in the image of God. And we were made to be image bearers, so we're supposed to reflect God's goodness and His glory to the world that we live in today. The Creator's designed you to accomplish some things. Now, that said, I find it so interesting. When you read this account in Genesis, I find, it, I find it amusing because Satan came to Eve in the garden, did he not? The enemy came to Eve. Okay, some of you need to go back and read Genesis 1. But it's a pretty popular story. You've all seen the pictures of the woman reaching out to the apple and then after they're covered in fig leaves, you know. But here's what you need to know. He tempted her and said, if you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, you will be like God. But here's the point that I think most people miss. She was made in the image of God. She already was like God. We humans were created in his image and in his likeness. We were made to be like him. And the enemy comes in and lies to us and tells us, well, if you do this, you'll be like God. Does anyone have a house? Yeah. It would be like me coming to you and say, hey, I got this house for you, and then try to sell you your house. <laughs> Talk about a con. Think about that. How gullible would you have to be to fall for that? Gullible. But see, what happens is Satan convinced Eve that she's, she needed something more, and he caused her to cross over, and then the law of sin and death was released. And Adam knew better. He was there, and he let it happen. So he had equal part in that. 
But from that time till now, people have struggled with who their identity is because the law of sin and death has been in the earth and it's been trying to separate us from God and from sonship and from daughtership and from being the people that God has called us to be. How many times do you sell yourself short or sell yourself out for something that you already possess? See, in the new creation, God has given us so many things and unfortunately, I find, not necessarily in this church, but in many churches, people do not understand who they were made to be. They don't understand who they are in Christ and they don't understand the I am realities that God has given us in the Bible, which we're going to get to at the end of the message today. But if we're image bearers, we have to be in the right kingdom. You can't bear the image of a different God. If you're in the kingdom of God, you have to bear the image of Christ, the image of the creator God. Okay, and too many people, okay, let me give you an illustration of this. This is for all my friends that cheer for this team. Can you imagine if the Green Bay Packers players dressed up in Detroit Lions uniforms and then showed up at the game? Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good example because sometimes you wonder. <laughs> How about this one? The Toronto Maple Leafs showing up in a Detroit Red Wings uniform for the game. How, how many people proclaim Christ but they're confused as to what the Christian life looks like? We call ourselves Christians and we put on the world's garments and we walk out into the world. And people can't tell you apart from the non-Christians. We were made, we were created to reflect the glory of God, which means automatically when you go into a dark place, your light is going to shine. We're image bearers. But people, if we're in the kingdom, we have to be in the right kingdom. Because how many know there's two roads that were set before us? What does it say in, let's see, Matthew 7, verse 13? You can enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate, but the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Do you know that the way to the kingdom is Jesus? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. People say, well, how do you know your religions are? Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> then he proved his statement by being raised from the dead. And we have lots of evidence for that. So if Jesus rose from the dead and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that proves to me that Christianity is the way. But there's two roads, there's two choices. You have to be in the right kingdom. You know, people in the culture talk about, well, all roads lead to God. No, they don't. Most roads lead to destruction. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus and the cross. If you didn't go to the cross, you're not going to be with God. Okay? So it's, it's pretty straightforward, it's pretty simple, but we're trying to identify, who am I? Well, am I a son and daughter of God? I should look like a son and daughter of God. Who are you? Do you look like a son of God or a daughter of God? Are you living like a son or a daughter of God? Do you know that in the kingdom it's not a democracy? We live in Canada. It's supposed to be a democracy. That means the majority rules. Okay? We're moving away from that rapidly. But you've got to understand something. In the kingdom, there's a king who makes the rules. And if the king makes the rules, the citizens of the kingdom have to obey the rules. But here's what you need to know about a kingdom. You don't get a vote. To be honest, I don't think God really cares what you think. He doesn't need your advice, he doesn't need your counsel, and he doesn't want your thoughts. He's already given us the plan. You're welcome to have a conversation with him and tell him how you feel. He'll listen, but he's not going to change his law. He's not going to change his rule. He's not going to change the way he set up the universe because you have a different opinion on the matter. I heard a guy say, God doesn't believe in atheists. Okay. Are you identified, and I guess here's my point in this. In your identity, are you identified as a religious person? Or are you identified as someone living the Christian life? Because see, is it about what you do for God or is it about what God did for you? Because you can never do for God enough, earn his approval or his favor. That's religion, man, trying always to please God. That's people trying to reach out and, and obtain God's favor. The challenge is you're never going to be good enough to obtain God's favor. So just quit. 
Jesus went to a cross to obtain God's favor on your behalf. See, he did the work for us. He did it all. Now what we do is we accept what he did and allow him to start transforming us so that we can bear his image to the culture, so that we can be image bearers. But see, too many people choose the wrong road because they think that they can earn it. If you think you can earn it, you're on the wrong path. You don't weigh your good deeds and your bad deeds, and at the end of the day, you hope your good deeds weigh more. Not going to work. The only thing God's going to do is say, is there some blood on the other side of that scale? And it better be Jesus' blood. Because his blood will wipe out the debt of your sin. Nothing else can do that. So when we're talking about who we are, we have to first identify in the right kingdom. Are we a Christian living the Christian life? Are we just a religious person? Are we a spiritual person who's trying to do the best we can? You make sure you're on the right path. Make sure you're on the right road. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're not on the right road, you're, you're identifying wrong. You're not going to reflect his glory. You're going to reflect something else. And oh, by the way, if people are super confused about what the Christian life looks like, you know, there's some that go out there and they create their own religion. And don't laugh too hard, <clears throat> Oprah. She did. She created her own religion. She sat down with some new age gurus and created her own version of Christianity. That's not what the Bible says. We have to adhere to what the scriptures teach. I don't care who they are or what they think they've done in the name of God or how good they think it is. If it disagrees with the scriptures and biblical principle, it's error. And too many people today walk around creating their own version of Christianity and they don't listen to what the scriptures say and they get into error. It's still true. When you come to church, do you come here because we tell you what you want to hear? Not here. <laughs> or do you go to church because you love Jesus and you want to get to know him more? How many of you go to the doctor? Okay, some of you gone to a doctor? When you go to the doctor, do you walk in and tell the doctor, don't tell me anything that I don't want to hear? I mean, yeah, what's the point? If they're going to assess the situation, they're going to tell you the truth. Why? Because that's what they're supposed to do. You know, so I went to the doctor. He said, you're healthy. You're just unlucky. It's his exact words. <laughs> your blood looks good. Your heart looks good. You're just unlucky. I'm like, I'm not unlucky. So what do you tell me to do? Sleep more, eat better, exercise a bit? Okay. I've been sleeping more, but I haven't been exercising yet. A little bit more, more steps, but not enough. See, if I obey him and do what he's recommending I do, guess what? My body will respond to that and I'll start feeling better. You follow the prescribed path. But I can be a fool and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, because I've got a doctorate in medicine. I don't. Do, do you see what we're talking about here? If you don't have a doctorate in medicine, you probably should be very cautious to tell the doctor what you think about his diagnosis or her diagnosis. But see, we do this with the Bible. God created us. So we go to the creator and we say, well, I don't like that. I don't think God knew what he was doing when he set this rule in motion, when he set this law in motion, the law of seed time and harvest. God doesn't know what he's talking about. I tried tithing, it didn't work. I tried church, nothing changed. I tried forgiveness, I didn't feel any better. So, because your experience didn't match what you think it's supposed to do in the timeline that you created, God must be a liar. Image bearers have to move beyond the past limitations. If you wanna know who you are, or who you're supposed to be, you got to move beyond the limitations of the past. Have you ever seen a 45-year-old trying to act like they're 16? Or a 16-year-old trying to tell you how the world works? Too many people have received labels. I keep coming back to this label thing. But people, maybe you failed at something, or maybe you had two left feet and weren't so good at sports and your parents thought you should be. Maybe you liked music. Maybe you ran the race, but you always finished second or third or last, sure. 
Maybe you tried working somewhere, but they let you go because you weren't up to what they needed you to be. Maybe you tried relationship and failed miserably. Maybe after four shots of being married, you're done. You see, we look at the pain of our past. People get labels. Once you get labeled a failure, do you live up to that expectation for the rest of your life? Once you get labeled as not good enough, not able, not worthy, how many times do we get stuck in that rut and then we create the world around us based on that limitation or that label that someone else put on us? See, if God made you to be an image bearer, he created you for purpose and he created you to accomplish something in this life. And if we would just trust that God's word is true and people don't always see 2020, which is a more accurate statement, and see, I've talked about this, but you got to understand, our education system measures this. And if you fall within this spectrum, they can measure this, and you can get a good mark, and you can be smart. But there's a lot of smart people that don't fall within this spectrum. They fall in this spectrum. Or they fall in this spectrum. And they get a label because they don't fit the mold. Some people just do better learning with their hands or hands-on. Some people learn good by listening. You do well in this environment. Some people are visual learners. Some people have to do all three. Some people hate learning. They need to work on that. <laughs> but usually if you hate learning, it's because you were told that you were never going to be able to do it anyway, so you just eventually believe that you couldn't. Amen. You know, with Jesus, I believe nothing is impossible. I mean, I really believe that there's not too much limitation on your life if you set your mind to it and follow the Holy Spirit. Operative word, follow the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not necessarily the most mechanical person. I can handle a screwdriver <laughs> and a drill <laughs> and a saw. But I'm not going to build a, a nice, you know, stand for the, the keyboard or this pulpit. That's just not my thing. But it's amazing nowadays when you go on YouTube, <laughs> you can do just about, I mean, step by step, how to fix my dishwasher. <laughs> Didn't want to pay someone, so I ordered the part for 25 bucks and changed it. Step by step, play, undo this screw, undo this, make sure you hook this here, okay, do this. It's not that bad. It's not really that complicated. I think my 10-year-old could do it. <laughs> But see, what happens is we get in our mind that we can't do it. I mean, some of you look at a computer and go, I, I just, I'm not good at technology. Maybe you're not, but you could learn if you wanted to. You could get better at it. Some of you look at the Christian life and you look at some people that have been walking for 20 years doing it and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could live the Christian life. I don't know if I can be as holy as that guy or that girl. Let me ask you a question. If you've done something for 25 years every day, how many know you get better at it? Yeah? If someone's been doing it for 25 years, they're probably a little bit better at it than someone that's just starting. That's the hope. Oh, come on. But see... We come in and we compare ourselves to one another and we stop looking to God to get our identity from Him and we start looking to others for their affirmation to approve us in our identity because we want people to tell us who we are. And if you let people tell you who you are, you're going to be messed up because you can talk to eight people in this room and get eight different opinions. We want His opinion. God, what did you create me for and what did you make me to do? Well, I don't know. Well, figure it out. Start walking down the path. Start pursuing him. Start spending time with him and listening to him. Too many people come into agreement with the wrong label on their life and they live there. They get stuck there. Because somewhere in their history, they believed a lie about themselves and who they were supposed to be. And they lived the rest of their life in the shadow and they don't allow God to write their story. I heard Sarah May say, God is the only one who has the authority to tell you who you are. 
And in Psalms 139, my Bible tells me in verse 13 to 16, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know, you go over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, we're a new creation now. The old is gone and the new has come. And too many Christians get stuck because when you get saved, God takes care of the old. You leave the old in baptism in the tank and you put on the new, the new nature. And then you start living in the new, but too many people want to get stuck in the old. And you know, that's why we got to renew our mind to the truth from God's word. Because when you tell your mind the truth, you'll start redoing the pathways in your mind. Instead of going to the wrong conclusions about yourself, you'll start ending at the right conclusions about yourself. But this is our identity, who Christ made us to be. And then we get into mistaken identity. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. See, he's going to make us holy. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You know, has anyone ever mistaken someone's identity? One time, I tackled a random girl because I thought she was someone else. I don't know what I was thinking. I was on Tecumseh Road at the gas station sitting under the canopy, and I had changed schools that year because we moved high school. And someone that looked a lot like someone that I knew was walking down Tecumseh Road on the sidewalk. So I ran out and went, Kim, full bear hug. And she put her head down and looked at me horrified when I'm not Kim. <laughs> Humiliating, horrified. I remember sitting there with my hand in my head going, I don't believe I just did that. And my buddy Derek laughed at me. I mistook her identity. Poor girl. She came by a couple days later and I stopped like 50 feet away and said, I promise I won't talk to you today. And I showed her Kim's picture and she said, oh, she does look like Lee. My name's Michelle. Anyways, have you ever mistooken someone for someone else? You know, you walk up behind them and you think it's the same hair. We were at a Christmas party one time and my wife and another lady had the same hairstyle. And the man walked up behind my wife and started rubbing in the center of her back and then he realized that it was my wife, not his. <laughs> we can laugh about that. When you are representing Christ, are people observing your life but not seeing the fruit of the Spirit? Do they see the works of the flesh? When people look at you, are they seeing someone that reflects the image of God or do they see someone that reflects the image of the world? What are you reflecting? What are you presenting to the culture? Sometimes we get our identity mistaken because we think we're supposed to look a certain way because the culture tells us through media that we're supposed to be a certain way. But that's not how God made us to be. And we're living a contradiction. And when you live in a contradiction, you're not going to like yourself very much because you're going to be, as I said last week, incongruent. You're not going to be in alignment. And too many times we're trying to present something that's not true. We're trying to be someone that we're not. Why? Why can we not just be comfortable in our own skin being who God made us to be? What defines you? Who are you? What makes you you? Are you... You, because God made you, or are you just a cheap ripoff because someone else told you how you're supposed to be? If your relationship status changes, who are you? You know, we have relationships. Husband, wife, father, what, a mother, son, daughter, grandfather, grandmother, co-worker, boss, employee. 
We have our titles. Strip away the titles. Strip away the names. And who are you at the end of the day? If your relationships change, who are you? Anyone that's gone through a divorce, you went from husband, wife to single again. Your relationship changed. What happens to your identity in that moment? Some people crash and burn and go into a spiral. Who are you? Who did God make you to be? And who are you without all the titles? Who are you if you lose your job, your status, your money? If you're unable to continue playing the sport you love, if your perfect illusion of a world falls apart in an instant, who are you? Are you living in a fantasy world that you've created? Or are you living in reality? I've met people, they live in a fantasy world. They've got ideas and concepts that are so far from truth that it's horrifying. Horrifying. But they deny reality. They don't want to look in the mirror and face what they see. But see, if we're image bearers and we're made in the image of God, then we need to get this figured out. We need to figure out who we are in Christ. Now watch this. I've got a few lists here. This is what the Bible says about who we are. In 1 John 3, 3, I am loved. In Ephesians 1, 6, don't even try to keep up. <laughs> um, I'm accepted. In John 1, 12, I'm a child of God. John 15, 14, I'm Jesus' friend. Romans 8, 17, I'm a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I'm united with God and one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I'm a temple of God. His spirit and his life lives in me. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, I'm a member of Christ's body. Colossians 1, 14, I'm redeemed and forgiven. Colossians 2.10, I'm complete in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, I'm free from condemnation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm a new creation because I'm in Christ. Colossians 3.12, I'm chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. 2 Corinthians 1.21, I'm established, anointed, and sealed by God. 2 Timothy 1.7, I do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ, Ephesians 2.6. Ephesians 2.18, I have direct access to God. John 15.16, I'm chosen to bear fruit. 1 Peter 2.5, I'm one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. 2 Peter 1.4, I've been given great, exceeding, precious promises by God which I share by His nature. Hebrews 13.5, I can always know the presence of God because He never leaves me. Philippians 2.13, God works in me to help me do things He wants me to do. James 1.5, I can ask God for wisdom and he'll give me the strength I need. Matthew 5.14, I'm the light of the world. How we doing? You understanding this? Are we starting to get a revelation of what God made us to be? See, in Christ, we overcome. In Christ, we win. In Christ, nothing is impossible to us. In Christ, we live life to the fullest. In Christ, we can fully reflect his image and his likeness to the culture, and we don't have to be ashamed of who he's made us to be. I'm amazed at how many people are unhappy with who God made them to be. You know, I was born white, really white. I had a friend in Dallas told me I'm the whitest white boy he ever did know. But what do we do when we're white? We go sit in the sun so our skin gets tan. I'm living in Asia, the Filipinos. They have the perfect complexion. And what do they want? They want to be white. I have no hair. I want hair. People have hair. They want no hair. People have straight hair. They want curly hair. It's okay. My wife was talking about the cross on Friday night, and she was going... And God knows every hair on your head. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and some of us make his job a whole lot easier. <laughs> Who are you? 
Are you confident in who God has made you to be? Can you look in the mirror and say, I like you? I'm not talking about that narcissistic, I like you. I like you a lot. I'm talking about you're happy with who God made you to be and you're doing everything in your power to go out and be the person he made you to be and you're gonna change the world around you for his glory and you're gonna share the love of God with others and you're not ashamed to tell others about him. Why? Because you're confident in who he made you to be. We don't have to be proud. We don't have to be arrogant. We don't have to be afraid and ashamed. We can be who he made us to be. But this is the decluttering our identity. If you're confused about who you are and who God made you to be, you're never going to walk his plan for your life. If you can't figure out who you are, how are you going to know which plan to follow? We got to get this, we got to get this sorted out. We got to get this right. So let's start looking at what the word says. I just gave you a whole bunch of verses that talk about who we are in Christ, who he's made us to be, and there's more. I just don't want to go into them because of time. So that said, let's stand. First things first. Jesus came to earth because he loves you. One of the greatest verses in the Bible, and you see people at football games and soccer games, and they hold up these signs that say John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. God loved you so much he sent his son to earth to die for you, for your sin, so that you can receive forgiveness of sins and be restored into a relationship with God. And he wants to know you. He wants you to be an image bearer that you were created to be. He spoke you into existence and he created you for purpose. And you got to come to the place in your life where you come into agreement with God's word over your life that he made you for a purpose. And so many people ask, is this all there is? Without Christ, this is the best life you're going to have. But with him, this is the only hell we're ever going to know. But he's called men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and give their life to him. It's the message of hope. Repent of your sin, give your life to Jesus, receive forgiveness, receive eternal life. Leave your burdens at the foot of the cross. Lay your life down and take up the real life, the new life with him. That's salvation, that's what we call being born again. You get a fresh start, you get a new life. And then when people do that, when people are obedient and they give their life to Christ, he says, you need to do it publicly out loud. We live life out loud as Christians. We don't live life in the closet, behind closed doors. We live for Jesus, front and center. And we're not ashamed of him and who he made us to be. We're not ashamed of the nature of God that's inside of us. And when you go into the water baptism tank, what happens is, the old man gets laid down and you take up the new life. It's like changing your coat, your garment. You take off the old dirty rags and you throw them down at the foot of the cross. With all of the sin and the shame and the condemnation of your past, you leave it in the water and you put on the new white robe and you start living this Christian journey as an overcomer, as the one that God has spoken into existence, as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And we start executing the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. We expand it. So maybe God's talking to you today and you've never given your life to him in repentance. Or maybe since you've repented, you've never been baptized in water. I wanna give you that opportunity today. But you need to be bold and brave and step out of your chair and come down here and allow Christ to change your life so you'll never be the same. Many people in the room have responded to a very simple call like this to give their life to Christ or to be baptized. But the question is, is God speaking to your heart today? Do you need to give your life to him and do you need to be baptized in water? So if either of those fit, repentance, baptism, come out of your chairs now, come down here and join us. My friends Frank and Anita here, they got a tank full of water. I know we had some people on the encounter that got baptized this morning already, but I wanna give you an opportunity so is there anyone here today? If you're shy, grab your neighbor's hand and drag him down with you. Are we getting this? 
Is this making sense? Okay. What I'd like you guys to do right now, okay, I want you to stand up with me. And this is what's going to happen. Okay. In a moment, the people from the encounter are going to come in. And then they're going to share some testimonies of the grace and the goodness of God, what he's done in their life for the weekend. But when they come in, they're going to sing, and I think you'll know the song. So I'd like to encourage you all, when they come in, you can sing with them. Now keep in mind, if you're a guest here, we'd love to see you down in our guest lounge right after the service. Okay? And immediately after the testimonies, after I dismiss everyone, if you want someone to pray with you, you can come down here to the front and our ministry teams will believe God with you and they'll pray with you for whatever reason. Keep in mind, we've got a bunch of classes starting this week and I want to pray with you right now. Father, I thank you for the men and women here today. Lord, help us to see who we are in Christ and who you made us to be. Thank you that you're working in us and through us and you're transforming us into your image and likeness each day and we can choose to believe truth instead of a lie in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can open the doors and let them in. Just a quick question. Did anyone leave anything at the cross this weekend? Okay, you guys can go find a chair somewhere except for the ones that are going to talk in a second. I need you to line up on the left and the right. And you guys can be seated if you like. You first. Hello, WCF. How are you? Good morning. Or sort of good afternoon, but... So, we just had an awesome, awesome encounter weekend, amen? And we have, this weekend, on the women's side, 38 encounters that were first-time encounters, amen? So, it was awesome. And uh, there's just a lightness in all of our spirits this morning, and we have some ladies who would like to share about that. Okay, I got like 90 seconds before she takes this, so. But I am a problem child in recovery. <laughs> Stay with me. I am, <laughs> I am Chris Gunther, and I'm from uh, WLC, just moved here. Uh, I wanted to go overcome fear, anger, and clarity. What I learned on the encounter was God is 100% real. Um, and where I'm heading from here, the sky is the limit. I'm just going to read this really quickly. This is my second encounter. Um, I didn't like my first one. I was really angry when I came. Didn't want to sit it through anything. Didn't like anything. Wasn't about to go through anything. Um, I grew up in a Baptist. Um, my uncle was a Pentecostal, and I fell out of the faith from my, from my parents' divorce. Um, I didn't... Oh, sir, can you hold that? <laughs> I'm way too shaky to read this. Okay. Um, I didn't want to come to this one, but what I did was open my heart for just for some clarity. I just really wanted clarity, and I wanted to know what real love was with God. At first, everything was the same, but um, same as the last time, but until I hit deliverance, I just, after we prayed everything, I sat down, I just cried, and I was like, God, I just want to know what love is. I want this fear gone. I, want, I don't want to be scared anymore. Um, and once I walked out of those auditorium doors for like five minutes, it felt like I was walking on clouds. It was weird. I was looking at the ground like, what's going on? What's wrong with my shoes? Um, <laughs> And then we had um, Leah, where, Leah, wherever you are, that lady is a, <laughs> a cave pra roar prairie, like, like, wow. <laughs> I needed her to pray for me, and when she did, I was a skeptic. Let me tell you, I did not believe in tongues, didn't think it was going to happen, and I was doing it just to prove I was right, and, well, I was 100% wrong. <laughs> I have never felt so high in my life. No pun intended. <laughs> Holy Spirit high, no pun intended. <laughs> and Jade, where are you? Hashtag blessed, that's for you. 
Hi, my name's Kev. It's my first time at this encounter. I came here by chance, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm here. Um, what I wanted to overcome was uh, wanting revenge on those that crossed me. And I don't mean Jesus cross. I'm talking, you know, devil cross. And um, feeling that also, feeling that prayer won't work for me, but it'll work for others. Like, good things will happen to other people, but it won't happen for you. You just feel like some type of hopelessness, like you don't deserve it. What I, what I learned from this encounter was to let God pay back your enemies. And um, that the devil wants me and others to think that prayer won't work. And um, back to the first thing of wanting revenge is when somebody is being nasty with you, unfair, provoke, um, you know, just being, just not being a good person towards you, treating you like you're less than them, without you doing anything bad to them to start with, it's because they are more broken than you are and they need more prayer. I'm Chantal. Um, I am attending WLC. Um, this is my first encounter that I've ever been to, and it completely changed my life. Um, I came in here wanting to overcome the bondage of addiction, um, unforgiveness, anger, fear. And I came in here afraid to love and afraid to be loved by people. Um, and I honestly could not wipe the smile off my face this entire weekend. It was completely amazing. Um, I would recommend this to so many people. It was life-changing. Um, and I felt like I got my adolescence back and I got a lot of closure from things. So I highly recommend this. It is completely amazing and God is good. God is for everyone. <laughs> Hi, uh, church. Uh, this is my first encounter. And uh, my, yes, my name is John Jernay, and uh, this was my first in encounter. And like the name encounter, that's what I came in expecting. I came saying, God, I want to encounter you. I didn't reserve any reservations for what God was going to do in my heart, in my life when I was there. But I came asking, I came seeking, and I came knocking, and God met me there. It's funny how you can... Go through your life having Christ in your spirit, accepting what he's done, but still leaving room for the enemy to allow you to believe lies about yourself, how you view other people, and uh, allow him to rob the things to keep you down, to hold you back from what God wants you to do. And this encounter at the cross, the message of the cross, was so impactful and empowering. My foundation got chiseled away over years but it's got built back up by that message that I experienced. God delivered me. He gave me emotional healing. Things are like, it's, it's, it's interesting. You can go through life not even knowing that you have believed lies. That's what Satan wants to do. You believe it as truth. You don't even recognize it. You don't even know it's wrong. Theology is there. Theology is great. Without the knowledge, my people perish. Without vision, my people perish. But it's awesome when God gets a hold of you and he says, you are believing this lie. I want you to give it to me right now. And that's what happened. God took the lies that was believed for years and years and years. He took them and he said, lay them right here. And he gave me deliverance. He gave me freedom. He set my feet on his foundation. And he reminds us though, the thing is, it's every day you got to go to that cross. Thank you, Jesus. Every day. It's by his sacrifice for me that we have freedom. You want to live a victorious life? He says, you got to come to me every day, John. And that's what I'm doing. So from here right now, going forward, by the God's grace, he's empowered me to live his life to the fullest. Because I'm going to go to his cross every day. That's my heart, my vow to him. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. Hi, I'm Sherry Vanderswag. Um, hi. I was just commenting to the girls last night that this was the first encounter because I was a resident at, at uh, Windsor Life Center for 12 months, this is the first encounter that I drove myself to. I registered myself, I paid for myself, and I came because I wanted to come. You know, 
I've had uh, a great experience. That place changed my life. And uh, but the last two years, I really struggled. I slipped up. I messed up. I fell away from everything that I knew was to be right and to get back on track. And I felt so strongly that God wanted me here this weekend, and. Uh, he was going to continue to heal me, continue to do that work that he's already started six years ago. And I sat, it's funny because I work with, with Pastor RJ and Mary closely. I'm now on staff, right, at, at uh, the church here. And I know them. But when I sat in that teaching on Friday night, it wasn't like it was them anymore. It was like Jesus was speaking to me, like the Holy Spirit was so there, you know. And I felt all the years of shame, uh, the guilt, the remorse, all that stuff just slipping away. Like tears were pouring down my face, and we were, they were just talking. And I knew that God had already started, you know, what he had began. Like Philippians 1.6 is my favorite verse. He's not done with me yet. You know, we're all in this together, and I'm so appreciative of the weekend and the time to just put aside my pride, um, go amongst my coworkers and my friends and just say, hey, I messed up. I need help. I need prayer, you know, and, and just come be a part of it. Amen. Uh, hello. My name is Gabe Tatro. This is my first encounter. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank my wife, Lisa. Where are, where are you? Where are you? Can, can you come up with me, please? I created a lot of, uh, a lot of walls in our marriage. And um, she, again, she's the one who brought me here. And um, I've stolen a lot of limelight from her. So... So um, I've stolen a lot of limelight from this amazing woman in my life, which she deserves the limelight. Jesus deserves all of the limelight, and then she comes next. Um, I've learned that I gave 80%. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've gave 80% to God, but that last 20 was really tough. And uh, again, stuff from my childhood, stuff from uh, my own denial, uh, stuff from my own pride. Um, Anyway, a lot of stuff that I, I created myself and, uh, and, and wouldn't, didn't want to believe it. So this weekend, God got to those, that 20%. Uh, and I just thank uh, Jesus Christ. I thank the cross. I thank all the, um, everything that everyone, everyone did this weekend, the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I'm just so thankful. And uh, again, here forward, I pray that I can serve my wife uh, the way that she deserves to be served, the way that Christ served his church is the way that I need to serve my wife. So, so. Uh, hello, church. Uh, I don't know why I'm so nervous when it comes to speaking English, but I'm going to try. Uh, my name is Patricia Elanga. Um, I am Christian. I come to the church, and I was uh, started to attend the church since last year. I was coming from Kitchener, and uh, yeah, I'm Christian. I bring my kids to church, but I was trying to hide something in me. I was very, very mad about. I was blaming God for many things in my life, and but I was trying to hide it, showing everybody, especially my kids, that everything is okay. We have to go to the church, but there were no connection anymore with God like it used to be because I was blaming him with um, everything, like all the things that was coming in my life. And this weekend, I planned to come, but sometimes my heart was like, hmm, I want to have a good relationship with you, God, before I can attend the encounter because I don't see why I'm going to go there if I'm not feeling any, anything. And this Holy Spirit was convinced me to come, and I was trying to, to escape it and then trying to find all the reason. I, I have a busy schedule, and I cannot do it. I can't. And just the Spirit of God told me, so if I take off the good health I'm giving you every day, are you going to be able to put yourself into your schedule? Like, are you going to be able to accomplish anything? Hmm. I was like, well, I just 
no, I don't want to go. And second time, it was on Friday. I wanted to register myself, and uh, I fall asleep. And I go, okay, on, on uh, no, it was uh, uh, Thursday midnight. And on Friday, when I wanted to register, and then it was like done. Okay, no registration online and everything. I said, oh, good. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit didn't leave me alone. And I don't know how I drove and I got here. I went to the office. I said, so the registration is, is done, right? And then... <laughs> I think it was Liz. She told me, no, you can walk in. And I was like, oh, walk in? <laughs> so I, was, I didn't have excuses. I said, okay, God, you provide me with health. And then, yeah, if you don't give me what you're providing me, so I won't be able to do anything. I'm going to obey. Then you know I don't have feeling, but let's see what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> That was the, the, uh, the crying. I've never cried like this. I know I cried when I lost my sister in 2018, but it was like the same amount of tears on my eyes, and I kept crying, crying, and then God helped me and uh, healed me with um, all the pain. I have two things, I've learned, not two things, but I want to mention the biggest uh, two points. I don't know if, am I running off? <laughs> the first one was the cross. Oh my God, believe me, I was Christian, but I was taking the cross for granted. I didn't have, I, I know he died for me, but I was taking it for granted. But on Friday, I realized all the pain he had to suffer for me, I was like, no, 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 no. I am the criminal. If I don't believe this pain, so I'm the one who's the criminal. I'm crucifying him again. So that helped me to restore the relationship with him again. And secondly, because of my problems, I shrink the the God who is big, the creator of the universe, I shrink him on my, my thought. I was like, he's a small God because how come he cannot resolve my problem? So I realized that my problems shrink the biggest of God. But today, with all the preaching, the universe, the body, all I've learned from the encounter, that I'm a unique each of us is unique. No one is the same as the other. Oh my goodness. I just gave up on all my problems. And then I just want to follow God and do whatever I can do. So, Pastor, I'm part of the church now. And then. I'm Good morning, everyone. My name is Doran. This is my second encounter. What I wanted to overcome when I first walked in here, first was fear in certain aspects of my personal relationship, fear and doubt. I just picked up along the way the course of life. And secondly, um, just some self-imposed uh, um, hesitancy, um, doubt in my ministry and callings. What I learned on the encounter is that God's been looking out for me and looking after me through all the darkest moments of my life. When I walked into this church almost a year and a half ago, it was on the tail end of very prodigal living, and I wasn't the easiest or the nicest person to be around at all times, and some of that came off on the people around me, and I just thank you for, first to God, for loving me through that and putting um, strong people around me to love me back to strength and the grace they showed me to be a stronger man today. Um, where I'm headed from here is walking in my purpose, my calling as a son of God. I believe God's called me to a lot of um, things in ministry, which I'm looking forward to fulfilling. And secondly, you know, just enjoying peace and, you know, proper relationship with the people around me and friendships. And thanks all to my Father and Savior Jesus Christ for that. And thanks to all the people that helped us on this encounter. Thank you very much.
Good morning, church. Uh, I'm Shannon Quiring. This was my first encounter. Um, prior to the encounter, um, I was praying to God. I knew there was something I needed to let go. Well, no, actually, I didn't know there was something I needed to let go until God told me, let go. And I'm like, let go of what? Like, what do I need to let go of? Um, apparently blinded by my personality. Um, anyways, I knew this encounter was going to do something great for me. I was positive about it, excited. I came here. We had the night of the cross. I'm sitting there and nothing. And I'm like, God, I know I have something to leave at that cross. And um, as I'm sitting there, things popped up. I'm like, yeah, I know I need help there. I need help there. But I'm like, no, Lord, it's deeper. It's deeper. Let's reach deep. And he brought it to the surface. And I went up and I was prayed over and I cried all the way back to my room. And I knew this was the beginning of my healing and of my past, my present. And for me to be a child of God and give God what I've been wanting and longing to give him. Because I know he has beautiful plans for me. And I had to let go. And in each session that I went through, each woman that prayed over me, I was letting go of one thing, another thing. I forgave Again, it was powerful. It was beautiful. In the last two years, I have um, been learning, reading, thirsty for God's word. I read whatever book I can get my hands on. Still felt like I still needed to know more. I still do. Um, one thing I didn't know is that you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that happened to me, and it was beautiful. And it was amazing. And I thank God for his Holy Spirit because, oh, I was so happy and free and light and, oh, there's so much good he has for my life. And, you know, from this day forward, I'm going to live for my God because I know he has wonderful plans for me. And thank you. Hello, my name's Eric. This is my third encounter. Uh, I came here basically for a refreshing, to uh, just forgive people that I was holding a grudge on. And what I learned at this encounter is that well, I, when I came here the first time, I received the Holy Spirit, and that was very powerful. And then after that, I stopped for a while when I went back home. and. I guess this time, the uh, teaching on the Holy Spirit, it really got to me again, and I can still feel it shaking a little bit. Uh, my plan is to keep on growing, to uh, bring other people to Christ, and probably come back to this encounter, honestly. Good afternoon, church. My name is Sadine Lopez. Um, this is my fourth or fifth encounter. I can't actually remember. But um, I'm usually very gung-ho to be on an encounter or do a class or um, anything that God can do in my life to purge me of anything, to be better in him. I'm usually very gung-ho. Um, if you guys know me, I'm usually laughing. I'm usually smiling, um, which I was still doing. But uh, over the last couple of years... Um, had a really hard time. I had a lot of really hard things hit me. And inside, I was dying. I was empty. I was grieving. And I couldn't tell anybody. Um, I had my God. I was on my knees and I was praying. But I still felt very alone. Um, so I really felt the Lord telling me to go on the encounter weekend, and this, I was hesitant. I couldn't believe it. Waited until Wednesday to register because I didn't want to get attacked by Satan. Uh, <laughs> that was my plan. I'm going to wait to the last minute so I don't get attacked. But, you know, sure enough, I started getting a cold. And um, Friday, I went to go pick up some food and, um, from Tim Hortons, and my bill was 1010. And you guys know that scripture. Uh, where Satan comes to, John 10, 10, where Satan comes to still kill and destroy, that God came to give life and life more abundantly. And that was a reminder. Because of all these years, Satan was trying to still kill and destroy. 
everything in my life. And in the end, he was trying to take me out too. And I was allowing it for a while. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go. And I came. And um, the last thing that really happened to me that really broke me this year is my brother died. Not only did he die and he suffered, but I found him dead. And I didn't know how I was going to get over that in my life, but I knew, Sadine, you cannot continue to stuff this stuff down. You have to be vulnerable. You need people. So I said, I'm coming. So I came, and it was the night that we had deliverance, and they were praying for me. And they had their hands on me, but I thought they put their hand on my chest. And I'm really good with head knowledge. I know what to tell myself. I know what the scriptures say. You know, like, I'm not a, you know, I'm just, I'm good at that. But it was my heart. My heart was empty. So, anyways, when they were praying for me, I felt something on my heart. And I realized it wasn't them. It was the hand of God on my heart. And he was healing me. And I truly believe that God was bringing back my joy, really bringing back my laugh, and making me vulnerable and telling me that I need relationships, as Pastor Mary has been saying. Yes. What does God do? He heals us through relationships. <laughs> and I didn't want them. I was like, God, I'm good with just you. I don't need anybody else. But that's not how God is. God is a restorer. And just like it says in John 10, 10, that he does, you know, he gives us, he'll give us back everything. But there's a scripture that God gave me as I was waiting to speak. Uh, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 34, 18. And I have to say, that God truly saved me this weekend. And honestly, if you are just in darkness, if you are afraid to let out whatever has you been walking through that is in the darkness, please do not be afraid. Please come to people. Please come to the Encounter Weekend. Don't walk in it any longer. Because honestly, God has so much for everybody's life. And if we don't deal with this stuff, how are we ever going to walk out what he's pre-planned for us. It says in Jeremiah, right? For I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good enough for evil to give you hope in the future. So you can see that future. Please go to somebody and talk to them. There's so many of us here that have been through so much and are willing to talk to you, to pray with you. Don't walk around with a happy face and smiling like I did. You know, lay it at the cross. Come to somebody. We have counseling. We have classes. Our church is amazing. And I... And honestly, I think I forgot that. I think I forgot that the last while because I wanted to hide, because I was embarrassed because of everything that was going on in my life, because I thought I was this Christian woman that, uh, how could this happen? I did all the right things. But you know what? It doesn't matter what you do. You know, God puts us through storms, and I know he's going to use everything, and I'm going to be able to help other people. And so is my family and all the other people that are around me. So I just want to say thank you so much to the guides and Pastor Mary and Pastor RJ. And I want to tell you guys I love you and I support you guys. You guys are amazing. And I'm blessed to be a part of this church. And I pray that I continue to grow here. And so does my family as well. So thank you and thank you guides for all that you've done. You all have changed my life. Thank you. I'm Larry Guitar. Um, this is my home church, and I actually, oh, sorry. Thank you. Thanks for helping me out. These guys have been helping me out all weekend, so it's awesome. Um, this is my home church, and I, I actually feel right now like I've been neglecting a lot of the chores around my house. And uh, that's kind of the reason that I, I, it is the reason that I came here, was my unwillingness to be that role model, to be the father that God has called me to be to be the husband that God has called me to be. And I give a lot in the community and I help out a lot of people in different areas. But if it's not at home, what message am I giving? What am I preaching? Because people are watching my home. And um, that's what I came for. And I, I came to learn about the truth about all relationships. And all relationships, the truth about the Father, the truth about the Son at the cross, the truth about the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit came rushing upon me like waters. And I learned about the truths about my family and how deeply my children love me, how deep me, deeply my wife loves me. I also learned about the truth about what a father is in the Bible. 
what a husband is in the Bible. And it's a huge order and overwhelming. And it's something that I cannot do on my own. And I need to tap into Jesus. And I, and I realize that. Um, where I want to go from here and, and, and other things that have happened is that it feels like I cleaned out my garage, which we do have to do. I know that, hon. But, <laughs> I, but, but it feels like I cleaned out my garage and there was a lot of junk in there that was keeping me from having these awesome relationships. And um, these awesome relationships, there was a lot of garbage in my, in my house. And it was keeping me from being the man that God had intended me to be. So I got rid of that stuff and I got some gifts. Like, I'm, it, this all seems very surreal, but it's not so much about this. It's what happened on the weekend and the restoration power of Jesus Christ working in my life and the refreshing of the Holy Spirit that fills me and gives me the hope and the possibilities that I could only dream of. And, you know, um, I have a lot of gifts, but these gifts are going to take maintain us and they're going to take help. And I got a whole family. And, and my family of Christian brothers. So where I'm going from here, signing up for the Connect class. And I'm getting connected with my, my brothers in Christ. I'm getting connected with my family. And as I say, I want to be helpful at home and be the father that God intended me to be. I need to be the person of the church and start doing some chores around this place. So. I, will be, I will be very brief, so please listen carefully. I want to thank all of our guides and volunteers yes. that cooked, that served, that cleaned, that set up, our staff and volunteers. They are the greatest team ever. We had a fantastic encounter. Everything went really smoothly. We value you. And we could never have done all of this without a team of people serving everyone that came. God bless you all. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Have the greatest week of your life.